Hello, thank you for joining me. This is Ernestine Lyons, host of Quick to Politic, the podcast, the social commentary show that explores topics ranging from social justice to history, economics, small business, and of course, local and national politics. Thank you for joining me. We are now live. Welcome, everybody. Um, my name is Ernestine Lyons. And of course, um, you know me as the host of Quick to Politic, the social commentary show, where we talk about entrepreneurship, politics, the world, and everything in between. So uh, I am being joined here today by a wonderful guest, uh, Amanda Luan. And, um, and I feel like I'm always saying your last name wrong. And it's say it for us. No, you did it right, Amanda. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, without further ado, just uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So I am a writer and an entrepreneur. I My company is called Bamboo. We're a co-working space and we build community uh, really for founders and creatives. We're in downtown Detroit in the Julian C. Madison building. And then we just opened our second location in Royal Oaks. So I'm super passionate about everything, community, helping people on their journey, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and Ernestine, I have to say, I'm excited to be on the show. I think you've been just so wonderful. I feel like I've gotten to know you more during COVID in this strange way, because you're just so accessible. I, I see you out there. I see your show. You've come to like a bunch of our bamboo events, and you're always connecting and supporting others. Um, so I really appreciate that energy. And just wanted to thank you for doing all that during COVID and being such oh, a Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that because, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, okay, well, we we have to uplift each other. And in some ways, I kind of like the, you know, being able to be in multiple places to go to multiple events because sometimes I would have to like, and I think we've all had to do this, like make that decision, which event or thing, or especially us in the networking and uh, small business ecosystem, it's it's trying to figure out, okay, well, what thing am I going to have to make the decision to go to instead? You could be at, you know, multiple things. And I think it does create that accessibility, like you said. Um, and so, you know, Amanda is super, super amazing. And I was always running into her in the small business uh, ecosystem here in uh, the Metro Detroit area. And, you know, so you're also a writer and you've got this mission to unite um, the, the region. And, you know, you've, you founded Bamboo and then now you guys have expanded to Royal Oak and have this, this great new location. And um, I'm just really, really excited for the work you do and to be able to pick your brain and, you know, kind of sit down one-on-one because I, that's one thing I've always like, I want to sit down with her and do a one-on-one and just kind of talk. And it just never happened in the real world. Um, so I'm glad that the virtual world has kind of brought us together in this way. So, yeah, um, intentionally connect, which is kind of nice too, right? Right, right, right. And so it just kind of makes it easier. So, all right. Well, um, I also want to let folks know that if you are out there viewing on Facebook, um, feel free to, you know, drop comments into the chat and ask questions. Um, but we are going to get right into the nitty gritty here. 
Um, so, all right. Like I said, you went from being a journalist to a founder of a company, which is Bamboo Detroit and, uh, you know, just a bamboo brand now. Um, and how did you trade one form of storytelling to another form of story selling, which is, you know, empowering, you know, entrepreneurs, startups, you know, folks in the, the tech area and, you know, people who want workspaces and that communal ideating um, tell us a little bit more about that transition and how it happened and, you know, why. Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I think telling stories for me is creating more empathy and more connection in the world. And I think we do that through community as well at Bamboo. And so when you hear someone's story, whether you're reading it in a newspaper or you're listening to their journey as a founder, you you get to understand them more as human and you sort of see the person behind the fancy title. Um, so I think for me, like the end result is the same, whether I'm writing a story or I'm at an event hosting the Men at Bamboo, we're hearing from one another. We're like connecting on this like deeper human level. Um, and so that's been really fun to do. I think I just found different mediums or channels to do that. I always love this quote that Oprah said. She said that you have to connect your purpose with your personality. Um, and my purpose is definitely to bring people together and unite them and, uh, and create more empathy. And I think I just found a good channel through Bamboo to do that. I was always the connector in my group of friends. I was always the one that took care of everybody. I'm always, the one, I'm a bridge builder. I want different groups of people to, to see each other and like, and connect in different ways. And so um, I think it's the type of company that I started that helped me make that an easy transition, right? Um, so yeah, that, uh, that's my answer. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And I love that you said, you know, with the Oprah code, like purpose and personality and, you know, just kind of connecting the folks on a human level, because I think sometimes, um, a lot of what happens in the business world becomes very transactional. And, you know, that's something that, you know, um, our, our president and CEO of, uh, Build Institute, she talks a lot about connecting to people on that human level and, you know, kind of, you know, just not so being transactional all the time, but also relationship building. And I think that's something that, um, I, I think I kind of learned the long way. I don't, I'm not going to say the hard way, but I learned the long drawn out way that in the Metro Detroit area, it is more about relationships. And I think that we do have to, you know, get to know folks and, you know, kind of sell their stories. And I think you've done like a really great job of doing that uh, with the work at, at Bamboo. Um, so I just kind of want to pivot off of that and talk a little bit more about um you know, just the future of incubators, because, you know, think spaces, and I keep coining terms, um, you know, are kind of like, you know, Tech Town, Build, Bamboo, Prosper Us. Um, and, you know, there are places in the Metro Detroit small business ecosystem that provide folks with this opportunity to collaborate. I mean, pre-pandemic, but then also we've created, and I think you guys have been really innovative as well, of being able to provide a virtual space for people to continue to you know, meet and ideate. So how would you personally want to push for more policy change? Because, you know, I am a politician and, you know, I, you know, this is a political commentary show. How would you change policy around entrepreneurship, underestimated business owners and new business and how we in Lansing advance the levels of government um, and advanced levels of government really do more to create 
jobs and redefine how we create jobs, meaning entrepreneurs are not just these, these folks who, you know, hang out at think tanks and, and also like tech places. So, yeah. You're the policy expert. So I'll let you come up with the solution. I will just share a couple of things that I think about all the time, right? I think about access to capital and how difficult it is. And like literally day one of the shutdown, we got pre-approved for a, a large line of credit prior to COVID. And we, we said, no, we were like, you know what? Maybe we don't need it. We're, we're doing pretty good. And then COVID hit, we go back to that bank and they said, sorry, you're closed down right now. We can't do that for you. And you know, even later, I would say when we applied for an EIDL loan, um, we didn't hear back for months and months and months. And that was in the past administration and during a crisis. And so, you know, I'm sure there were reasons, but we ended up going to our Senator and asking for help and finally got an answer and got our loan, which was just a huge relief um, navigating sort of these like ups and downs caused I think by this year, but it really made me more aware of, I think a lot of women and underestimated founders Underestimated founders is a term I borrow from Arlen Hamilton. She's a pretty well-known VC who invests in women, people of color, LBGT founders. Um, she sees them as underestimated, right? We don't always have access to capital or we might not be the ones getting as much um, in the ecosystem, but we work hard and we rely on cash sales. We're often hustling, right? So the way I ran Bamboo was by growing it slowly year over year, getting more sales, getting more sales, and not learning all the rest of this space. So I think access to capital is one of the biggest things specifically for women and underestimated founders. That's why I've been excited to see some bigger announcements like the billion dollar fund for black owned businesses that I think TCF Bank was putting together with Portia Powell, who is fantastic and I admire time. Um, I think we just need big solutions and we need to move the needle forward more to make sure that small business owners and startups have this access to capital. Um, so that, that to me is like, that's something I think about a lot uh, as a business owner. And then there's, I'm sure a ton of other policy, you know, challenges we have that we have to figure out now, but um, you know, I, I'm sure you've got a pulse on a lot of those things too. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm always pushing for, you know, um, just lawmakers to to consider things like I think for a very long time, people were like, let's attract a big, you know, giant corporation to create jobs for people. But instead, you've got, you know, um, single moms who are, you know, creating things in their basement candles and, you know, they're they're but they they need assistance. They don't know where to go. And I think that that assistance doesn't have to come in the form of financial assistance. I think it could be wraparound services and, you know, just kind of pointing somebody and encouraging them. And, you know, I love that you host, you know, the the pitch contests and things that happen at Bamboo. And, you know, so it's an opportunity for somebody to expose themselves, go back to the drawing board, and then to, you know, just kind of restructure. And so that kind of leads into, um, you know, one of the other questions that I had around women in entrepreneurship. So, um, you know, you wanted to talk, uh, you know, about building diverse communities and, you know, what are some ways that we can kind of tackle, you know, just exposing um, the the kind of investment gaps that we see with um, women in particular, and then minorities, uh, minority owned companies um, to to be able to to get a seat at the table? 
Yeah, I think those are big questions. And I think about it on a micro level. So if anyone is a founder is listening and you're a woman or underestimated, I think you have natural strengths that you lean on. Like mine was, you know, generating cash flow and like growing that way. Um, but you need to sort of learn the rest and sort of find out your blind spots. And I think lean on the ecosystem here in Detroit. As you just said, we have Build, we have Prosperous, we have TechDown. There's so many great resources and support. Um, one thing that I learned from the most is other mentors and other advisors and people at Bamboo, really being around other business owners is so helpful. If you're that mompreneur at home making candles and selling them, like your example, you're, you feel isolated a lot of times. And so you can't, or you may not even have the flexibility to get out of your house and go to those networking events. Now with a lot of things virtual, there's a, there is a way that there's a little bit more access. And so you should take advantage of those things. I think, and at Bamboo, we do a lot of virtual events like the pitch meetup night, you said, so that you can get out there and start still putting your business idea in front of other people, taking that feedback, learning, growing. Um, as you mentioned, my background was in writing. So I actually have a master's in English and creative writing. I never took a business class. I actually thought business sounded boring. Didn't think I would end up being an entrepreneur, sort of stumbled into it. But I took advantage of a ton of these great resources um, available, often for free or low cost in Metro Detroit. And that helped me tremendously to get to the point that we're at now at Bamboo. That's that's pretty awesome. And, I, you know, I think sometimes we we look at folks who are in positions where they're founders and they're expanding their businesses and they're like, oh, well, maybe she, she never went through this. But, you know, you you did you did you and you changed, you know, you shifted gears. And, you know, so I think that that's something that um, folks, when they have questions about building a strong business, they'll kind of look to. All right. How do I find people to pitch to? And, you know, um, more often than not, people really don't know what goes into telling the story of their business. They'll be like, oh, okay, well, I generate so many in sales and they'll know their numbers or maybe they'll be weak in their numbers, but, you know, they tell a story and then they don't give us their why. And, you know, so how important is it for new businesses to be able, who are seeking to either grow or scale or launch um, to have their pitch down pack and what, you know, kind of um, advice would you offer? and Follow-up question you know, on venture capital and investment, but I think I'm going to ask that in like in a minute because I think this is this is definitely going to be good advice coming yeah, from like Amanda Luan. I just said it. You, I want. I think a good pitch is someone who is personable and authentic in themselves, right? So, like you said, getting to your why. I was coaching this student this morning who was working on a pitch for a business model. And she's making a product. And I had asked her, well, why, why are you doing this? Why do you care about it? And ask yourself that question a couple of times and you'll get to the deeper motivation. Hers was women's empowerment. And like, that's great. That's unique to you and your journey and what you want to bring forth in the world. Your product or your business is just one channel for bringing that mission forward, right? And then you also, sometimes I hear pitches and people forget to talk about how they're actually making money. Like they're so focused on this high level, big vision product that they want to build. First time founders focus on products. Second time founders focus on a market channel, um, like launching a product with a key strategic partner so that they can get it out right away and move faster. Um, and so, and I think early founders too, or first time founders or someone transitioning to being a founder for the first time, um, 
often we're afraid of telling other people our ideas. We think people will copy it. Most people will not copy your idea. Most people will not care about it enough. Right. Or follow through or even do it the way you would do it. So I always tell people that too. It's like, no, nobody's going to do exactly what you had in mind for your business. So share that idea. And you learn by operating it and by getting out there, you learn to be confident and build that skill set up. So you don't, you aren't afraid. Like some, sure, you can try to copy Bamboo, but you won't have our unique values, our brand, our culture, our people, our programming touch. Like those are all really like our secret sauce of how we operate. And you starting a co-working space, if you were in my industry, will have your totally own version of doing that, right? Um, and so we also kind of have to think more abundantly about our businesses and not so with like a scarcity mindset. And it's hard to do early on because you may not have that revenue just yet. You may be still really early and growing. So I think the best pitches and the best stories, be authentic, be yourself, talk, be honest about why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and do know your numbers, like you said, and know how to tell people how you're making money or, you know, think about those channels and those other market, the way you can get out there in the market faster. Product market fit's one of the hardest things to do. Um, I was just listening to another podcast on this and someone called it product market pull. So letting your customers sort of pull you in that direction with your product um, until you find that right fit for it, which I thought was a really interesting way to think about it. So that you're not just pushing it into this market, you're letting the customers guide you to building um, something that's really going to stick and be of value. Okay, got it. So it's be authentic, honest, genuine, and you know, just make sure you know your know your stuff and know your your story and your why. Okay, got it. And and I hope everybody out there listening take notes. So um, I do also want to kind of uh, pivot back to venture capitalists. So you've got your pitch down pack and you you know your business model. Um, you've used the business model canvas and you know you've maybe gone through courses, you know, in, in this small business ecosystem. So what what do venture capitalists really look for, you know, besides unicorns? And you know, I do think that sometimes, you know, we as particularly black women entrepreneurs, I think that we're the fastest growing, you know, group. And, you know, I've heard so many stories about, you know, nobody even gave me a chance. Nobody wanted to listen to me. You know, nobody really thought I was going to have it together. And I went into a room full of venture, venture capitalists and nobody wanted to hear it. So, you know, what are venture capitalists and investors really looking for when it comes to businesses? And those are all, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Um, I'm sure I, those experiences happen and the numbers of women and minority getting venture capital, it's two or 3% out of the whole industry. And that's heartbreaking, but hopefully starting to change. There are many more funds coming out specifically addressed at changing that or specifically doing a better job at having thesis to be inclusive, um, small, but I think making an impact. So one, I think you need to decide, is venture capital the route for you? There are many ways you can get capital. You could bootstrap it and do the set, grow slowly by sales. You can crowdfund, you can get loans, you can get grants, depending on the type of business you're at, you are, to get launched and going. You go to venture capital if you're going to scale very quickly, or you have a product that needs a large amount of investment to grow. Like my husband started rocket fiber and to build an internet infrastructure he needed to raise capital he couldn't do it you know small scale um at bamboo we practice more the lean startup model which is 
start small with an idea, get feedback, get your first customers, and then iterate and improve along the way. Um, that's a much more capital light way to start a company and grow. When you're going to take on venture capital, they want to see you scale quickly to get to that billion dollar valuation. That may not be for everybody and or for you right now, and that's okay. Now, if it is, and you're sure it is, um, then polishing your pitch as much as you can, building a network and finding investors who look like you, they're out there. There are black women investors. There are white women investors. There are all kind of women and underestimated founders starting to get more into that. I follow a ton of investors on Twitter. Um, there's Backstage Capital, there's the Hustle Fund. There's a lot of funds out there that are looking to invest in diverse founders. And I'm looking outside of places like New York and Silicon Valley even more now that we've had this unfortunate pandemic that forced us to all be virtual and at home. Those people are more accessible too. Um, another great local resource is Invest Detroit. They often do office hours or reach out to talk and get feedback on your pitch deck before you go out there. I've not raised venture capital, so those are just my insights from what I've observed. Um, so take it with a grain of salt, but I think I want people listening to know that it's hard. The numbers, if you look at the numbers and think like, wow, very few people like me have gotten there. I still want to believe you can do it and overcome these barriers too and learn from th those who are doing it and those who are out there. Um, and people listening, if you're investing, like knowing that this might be an area to invest in and help us diversify, right? Because part of the problem is not having those diverse investors who are connected to a diverse community. In Silicon Valley, it's the same group of people and the same group of funds, and they're often white males from Stanford, right? And that's how that problem, I think, grew. Um, so a lot to unpack there. That's just a few thoughts on how to think about it um, from my perspective. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and I think that even it, it, it kind of gets very, you know, macro because you know i think that it's it, it even goes down to like certain socioeconomic statuses and levels you know aren't necessarily going to be exposed to the same things when you know reaching out and um, you know i know a lot of folks um i think through bamboo was the first time i've ever heard of series a as far as like investments and things of that nature and just knowing where your company stands so i think that um you know, there are a lot of barriers. And I think that, you know, policy, you know, that's one of my things that, you know, focusing on policy to make sure that it is inclusive, it is accessible, and that everybody has, you know, a, a way to, you know, get access to this. So I think this is the age we're living in. And in the 20s, we're going to see a lot more of this. And I don't know, I feel like January was all about investing on quick to politic and money and wealth management. Um, and we talked a lot about how, you know, now with a lot of things like Robinhood and, you know, all of these like trading apps, you know, these kind of things that once seemed elite and only accessible to the few, you know, now are in the hands of, you know, the many. And I think that's something that also um, entrepreneurship is actually teaching us that, you know, starting that business and, you know, taking it to the next level, it is accessible. You can do this and it, you can be anybody. So um, the world is changing and I'm glad that, you know, you're here to help guide folks. And um, so as we wrap things up, I do want to ask one last question um, about, you know, business and collaborating. So, you know, 
when folks are looking to grow a business, you know, is collaboration as, you know, in terms of like collaborating with another business and trying to, you know, reach across brands to share other, you know, information about brands. If you guys are in similar fields, um, I've done a couple of collaborations with, you know, OLA languages, um, or at least working on those kind of things with, you know, Ling Global. And so, you know, how big is that hype around, you know, businesses collaborating and is there any, you know, merit to it? Does it actually work? And what are kind of like the returns that people actually get from these collaborations? That's great. I, I guess you mean broadly, or do you mean like, sometimes I think of what you're saying, I think of an influencer marketing too, right? Where you're like promoting and cross-promoting. I would think of partnering with other brands, if you're both aligned in the value that you want to give to the same audiences or to new audiences, you'll, you'll create value somehow together. Um, if you're talking like the whole influencer world, I feel very out of touch. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it, it, it kind of like more, more broadly because, you know, there, there's so many folks that you hear like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's like so many small businesses, especially because I love lipstick and beauty and makeup. You know, I've noticed that so many different like makeup brands have popped up and, you know, it's, it's like, in order to kind of avoid that, that saturated market kind of thing, you know, would it be wise to collaborate and to partner and to, you know, do these kind of things like on a, on a broader level, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I love collaborating. I love partnering, especially for events and programming for us. That's how we do it at Bamboo, typically in person now in virtual. We, we partnered with Ford on a special series during um, the pandemic. And we've partnered with other great resource providers and bringing in VCs for office hours. I think I'm not an expert at everything, so I'd rather lean on other people um, who are. And if we're all supporting, mostly though, I wanna make sure we share the same values. Um, and like you said earlier, our relational and building a relationship together that's beneficial for all. Um, if it's the kind of partnership where it's transactional and you just want me to refer things, I'm really not in that world. That's not, to me, that doesn't fly usually. I, we have to be growing something together and benefiting on both sides, I think. I wish I could think of more. I think that's a great question. Um, I, think my, I think I would say go for it and try it, but align your values so that both sides you know, are benefiting from the part partnership really well. All right. All right. Well, you know, thank you for letting me pick your brain. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, this is this is I feel like long time coming uh, me and you sitting down and, you know, just kind of chatting. Um, thank you so much for all the work you do. Congratulations on the second location for for Bamboo. I need to come take a tour. Um, and, you know, it, it's just like amazing to kind of see this growth. And I love the design. Like I've seen the pictures and everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys got the steps with the, you know, the seating and uh so thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on. Oh, what was that? I was going to say, please come and everyone listening, you're welcome to come drop in. We're open Monday through Fridays, nine to five for tours. Obviously, we wear masks in the common area and we practice social distancing. Um, but Ernestine, also for those working on startup companies, especially in the tech space, go to startupdetroit.co. It's just a free open community website. We have a Slack channel. It's free. It's open to the community to be a part of. And we have our meetup group that you shared earlier with the pitch night. So just throwing that out there, it's another free resource and it's a good way to start connecting with the startup community. Wow. Wow. This is, this is new. new. Like, has this been around for a while and I just missed out on it? Like, <laughs> grassroots, like 
a few community members come together and put it together to make it easier to connect. Um, yeah, it's not anything formal, but it's startupdetroit.co. Awesome. Awesome. I love how, you know, everybody in the ecosystem plays nice in the sandbox and we're, we're here to share with each other. So, you know, um, where can folks find you and more information? I feel like you are like a, a name brand at this point. People know, but in case you have not heard and you've been, you know, of course, uh, living under a rock, um, where can people find, find me? Um, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, Amanda Luan. Um, you can find Bamboo, bamboodetroit.com. And if you're looking at Bamboo Royal Oak, dot com for that other location uh we need some brand help if anyone actually is a web designer listening <laughs> i need to like get that all organized uh but yeah i'm very accessible online and you can email me amanda at bamboodetroit.com if anyone wants to connect one one afterwards thank you for having me thanks for being a voice and an Right, right. All right. And, you know, with Women's History Month, um, I was so glad to be able to, you know, connect with you because, you know, you're a woman making history and you're you're uplifting other women. And there's always some sort of woman oriented resource you're sharing out there. So um, thank you so much. And thank you for being a guest. And so for all of you out there watching, thank you so much. And the listeners, thank you for listening. And um, also out there on YouTube. Thank you. Like, comment and subscribe. All right.